I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her Brent Neal is a New York City-based jewelry designer. On her recent visit to Charlotte, we sat down to talk about creativity, motherhood, and her vibrant collection that emerged after the premature birth of her twins. Brent Neal, I'm so excited to have you in the studio, in person. thrilled to be here. In this season, we've had only one other in-person podcast, and yeah, (laughs) and they're nice, but uh, they're, they're, it's different. Yeah, you, you have a lot looking of someone in the eye. Yes, rather you have than, a lot yeah. of things to juggle with reading your questions. Yeah, <laughs> we had a lovely evening last night with Tracy Fife and you, and we had a dinner in the courtyard, which was nice. Um, and I have to apologize for sitting next to you and probably being a little bit socially inept because I knew we had the podcast today and I didn't want to ask you <laughs> too many questions because I didn't want to know no, until today. No, I so I, <laughs> I hope I <laughs> you were not awkward at all. <laughs> I think we all were awkward. It was our first in-person event. So, but I, I hope we did okay. But I, the one thing I wanted to ask you, which is a basic question is where are you from? I don't, I don't know where you're from. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that's not the normal Baltimore accent. That that's not how you say it. I know. <laughs> my parents are both actually my entire family's from Virginia. Uh-huh. And so I think my my mom and my dad probably have a little bit of a like a southern accent. So sometimes people are like, "Where are you from?" <laughs> Not really sure. I you know, can't tell. And what was it like growing up in Baltimore? I loved it. Baltimore is a super diverse town mm-hmm. and um we grew up in Baltimore City and my dad taught school. Um my mom was in education too and you know it's kind of like an idyllic um setting for you know growing up. And you're one of two one sisters. Of two. Yeah. Yeah. There's just two sister. of us. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that you also have a very a very stylish mother and aunt. Oh I know your sister's stylish too. You girls are all beautifully dressed and yeah. have great taste. Yeah. But tell me about your aunt and your mom. You know, I think my mom my aunt used to sew and make all of their own clothes. Mm-hmm. We then I then inherited some of those as dress ups when I was little. So I would have like these satin gowns that we did dress ups in and my sister and I I think from an early age it was like oddly absorbed even <laughs> though you don't really understand why or whatever they loved different fabrics and I would go to fabric stores with my mom and she would say like this is this type of satin and this is that type of you know silk and did you notice her wearing jewelry did you always love jewelry yeah she always wore she always wore a pinky ring and she always wore her engagement ring and a band, um, and her engagement ring was emeralds and diamonds, like a, kind of an unusual setting. setting. Um, and it was actually stolen. It was like a home robbery. Yeah. And they stole everything. And I remember um, she was like, it's okay, you know, and I think I was more upset about it than yeah. she was. <laughs> and tell me about your aunt. What do you remember about her? Um, my aunt is amazing. She's um, – 83 and she is like an avid gardener and she always wears um she always wore this 
amethyst, like a very light, like almost rose de France, and it had um, a carving of a flower in, inside of it. Mm. So she always wore that, and she still wears it, and it's like really like the gold's all worn down sort of, you know, and it's very soft, and you can't really see like the carving anymore. Mm that piece and she always wore um jeans and sneakers and like big sunglasses <laughs> and you know we always made fun of her for these big sunglasses because in the 80s it was kind of like out of style right. while like in the <laughs> 70s it was very in style and she just she still has those sunglasses and she still wears them and I'm like <laughs> she was so chic and we were making fun of her like oh my god so do you think your love of color is something you were born with or was it cultivated or you always have such great style and your oh, jewels you. are so the, the color combinations are so unusual and beautiful I think it's probably you know genetic my mom loves color and our house was always very colorful and lots of different fabrics and she was always like redoing and repainting and that was constant I think that must have worn off too so well and then I also read that your dad is colorblind Oh, he so is? You <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you definitely true. didn't inherit that. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My mom would go away and she would say, you know, when daddy's getting dressed for work, could you help girls help him match his tie to, you know, his shirt? Cause he can't, you know, he doesn't have any idea. Well, did your dad like your jewelry? Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, oh, baby, you're so talented. You know, like any dad. <laughs> your mom and your aunt were also avid gardeners, I think. Yeah. And I noticed that you, you started to paint botanicals during the pandemic. And a lot of people talked about them last night at the party, how much they meant to them. Yeah. Are you a gardener or how did? No, I, I'm getting more into it now. We have a place outside of the city and I'm like, the talent that it takes to sort of like <laughs> do that and plan things out and, you know, the seasonal, the seasonalness of the, of flowers and some come back and some don't. And I don't know, it's like a little overwhelming. So my mom's <laughs> going to come this summer and hopefully she'll help me. <laughs> it's a whole world. It is. Yeah, it is. It's such a talent. And I think, and there's so much science involved, involved and also just alchemy and it takes many, many years to sort of, I mean, unless you're a natural, I guess, for it to sink in and for yeah. you to really understand the process of what's happening. <laughs> my grandmother lives, uh, lived in Virginia and when she passed away um, and they sold her house, um, my mom <laughs> dug up the peonies put, <laughs> and put them in trash bags and literally took them yeah. to Virginia, like back to Baltimore. <laughs> for sure. My mom's, I mean, I, I have things from my grandmother's garden. I mean, it's a, that's one of the most incredible things. I know. So I'm now I'm like, mom, can we dig up those peonies and bring Dang, them out bring to mine? <laughs> she, can, she can. She can split them. I know. <laughs> did you also paint as a child? I did. I wasn't really good. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I don't know. I didn't, I think I, you know, when I went back to school, that's when I really was sort of taught things that I didn't, you know, wasn't really taught in sort of high school or college. Is painting part of your process and design? Has it been a big part of it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Always? I mean, every piece do you paint? I paint a lot of them. It takes so long to do it. So now I have less time to to paint, but I still really, really enjoy it. Mm. And, and what are, what's your medium? Gouache. Oh, nice. Yeah. When you were young, what did you what did you tell your family you wanted to be when you grew up? Um, I remember telling my mom I wanted to be an artist at one point, mm. and she was like, um, I don't know, because I wasn't that good. <laughs> She was didn't want to discourage me, but she was also sort of like, I'm not sure this is your path. <laughs> Do you remember the first piece of jewelry you were given? 
I do. It was a pinky ring and it was – I think it was like 10 carat. This was very like light color yeah. gold mm-hmm. and it was a little heart and it had sort of like graduated sides and we, we make a piece that sort of looks like oh, it. Oh, nice. So you didn't study art in school? I did not, no. Yeah. Well, you went to Johns Hopkins. I did. What did you study? I was political science. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. So I was going to be a lawyer. I would have been a horrible lawyer. From Johns Hopkins, how did you – you came, you went straight to New York and worked in fashion or how did you – Like while I was in college, I would make jewelry by hand, just like taught myself how to do wiring and beading and that was like a period of time where it was really popular. Yeah. Like you could go to New York and there was stores on 37th that all sold like gems and there were like racks and racks of like beautiful stones mm. and they aren't even there anymore and I don't really know like what caused the popularity and – but and what caused um, the demise? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no idea. It's so interesting. But at that time, that was like readily available. And so I would make necklaces and I sold them to some stores, um, a store that a friend owned and that was out in East Hampton. And the woman who owned this company came in and said, who makes these and whatever. And so then the store owner um, linked us. She was like, I'd love for you to come in and you can do product development. And I had no idea what product development meant. <laughs> Didn't even know anything. I didn't know that this could like be a career. Yeah. So that's what I did. She's like, okay, go do tell us what colors you like and make these necklaces and da da da. So that's what I did. But I wasn't drawing anything and I wasn't doing any mechanical drafting and I wasn't doing CAD. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I didn't know how. I didn't even know, you know, that I could go to a school that would teach me that. Right. And then your portfolio, did your your portfolio had the pieces that you'd made there? But yeah. And does anything in your current collection reflect it or, or look a little bit like it? Probably the love of color and the love of stone types. Mm-hmm. I used like a lot of Peruvian opal and garnet and ruby and yeah, probably just the love of color and stones. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Penny Prado. Oh, How- Penny, yeah. So when I had just moved to New York – you know, I was working for a company doing like pro- like large scale product development um, and private label for like a big box retailers. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, but I didn't have any sort of training in design. And I would make prototypes by hand, send them overseas. They'd be, you know, that's sort of how I was doing my job. I was talking to my sister, and she said a friend of hers knew Penny, and um, Penny was at the time the jewelry editor, jewelry and watch editor at InStyle. And she was also a jewelry historian and, you know, wrote a lot of books with Marianne Fossil. And Ramsey said, well, why don't you see if she'll, you know, have lunch with you and, you know, give you some advice. And so I did and I told her, you know, what I was doing. And she said, if you really want an education, you should go get one. And FIT has an amazing program. It's two years. It's not that expensive because it's a state school and – um, you can kind of like put yourself through and not be in massive debt if it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> so uh, I did and I applied and there's this uh, like a jury and you have to submit a portfolio and it's kind of intimidating. But I got in luckily and um, I went through that program and that's really because of her. And tell me about FIT. You remember your first day there? I do. <laughs> I was older than a lot of the students because most of them are, you know, 18 and I was – 26 or 25 or 26. 
I think which made me a better student in so many ways. Like yeah. I was really excited to be there. I was finishing all the projects. I was going to studio until like 10 o'clock at night. Were you working in different mediums than you had? Was it all jewelry? It was so that, you know, they make you take art history classes, which I loved and I didn't have that at Hopkins. Um, yeah. I don't even know if there is art history there. <laughs> Um, there probably is. Medical history. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you know, you're learning to do carving wax. You're learning to set stones, piercing, sawing, forging, um, just everything. So was that hard after you'd had a mini career, I guess-ish, um, making jewelry to go back and actually learn the fundamentals of, of making jewelry? I think I just I had no idea what I was doing before. And I think you realized that when you when I went back to school. I was like, <laughs> in the world so um like I can't believe people are buying that (laughs) yeah I'm like oh my god um but I think also that you know that school was so wonderful because every single teacher was a working professional like my rendering teacher was Maurice Galley who was the head designer at Harry Winston for like 50 years until he died wow and he designed the hope setting that's in the um Smithsonian I mean he's like he's a legend a legend and I was so lucky to have him for a teacher like that's I think it's interesting it's unusual to have teachers that can be mentors and and for the rest of your career even that you can reach back out it sounds like you're close to some of them still yeah yeah yeah. and then started to work for Kara Ross yes so my second year there um I had an internship that was a wonderful experience and then at the end of school she offered me a job so and was it hard to, I guess, design in someone else's voice? You know, to me, it's almost like it's almost fun and there's no pressure. Yeah. And how did you how did you evolve as a person or a designer while you were there? How long were you there? I was with Kara for eight years. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So and you and and did all of the things from design to sourcing to yes. production. At one point we had three different lines. We had a um a fine jewelry like 18 karat gold and then we had a sterling silver line and then we had a costume line and that was really really an education because working in all three different mediums and then having very different retailers yeah um and I wasn't involved in sales and I wasn't involved in PR or any of that sort of stuff but just designing for those price points and what you can do in costume and what you can't can't do in 18k (laughs) um are so different and I loved it all. And um, I got to, you know, we had manufacturers everywhere. Go to China and, you know, we had manufacturers in Thailand and India and everywhere and New York. Mm-hmm. And I loved being able to work in New York. And I think that's why I decided to, when I did my line, that it was going to be 18K and it was going to be in New York. And was it also, I mean, was it obvious to you during that whole time that the fine was what you preferred? No, I oh, loved really? I love the costume. Huh. You know, you can just do it's a freedom that you don't have. Yeah. It's but and so decorative and so it's such a totally different thing. I it guess. is, yeah. I loved it. And so tell me about launching your own collection. I had my son while I was at Kara and then I became pregnant with twins, but I didn't know I was having twins. Oh my god. And so I <laughs> it's like the seventies. <laughs> No, literally. When people will be like, oh my gosh, and you have one more. And you have one more. <laughs> Luckily, that's not how one found out. It was a little earlier than that, but it was it was very surprising. Surprising. <laughs> I was by myself. My husband was like, and he couldn't make it. It was the second. I'm like, it's okay. I'll go by myself. It's fine. I found out that I was having it. And then 
the Uber ride from the hospital where I had the sonogram, like back to care out, back to work. The Uber driver would just listen to me on the phone with my mom and my sister. And like, you know, he was like, this is the best ride of the whole day. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I just, I couldn't go back to work working sort of like an 8.30 to 7 o'clock job, having three kids under three. It was, you know, so I was sort of shell-shocked and I told her and she was like, oh, Brian, you're not coming back. I'm like, no, I'm not. So we were like, I trained my replacement and I took a year off. Uh-huh. And well, not really. <laughs> I know, not really. A year way more on. I don't know. Um, exactly. But she, um, she was always so lovely to me and was a real mentor. So, so what was the impetus? I mean, you were, you ha- the babies were born and then you started the collection? Yeah. So they were super early. They were two months early and it was really scary. And they were in the NICU for like two months. Uh. And, um, it was just like a really weird period of time and I didn't feel like myself. Yeah. And so my husband really like encouraged me to, to start, to start painting again and to start creating. Wow. What a great husband for me. When I look at your work and when I, I had read a little bit about this and when I knew that that was the period you came from, your, your work is so much more meaningful you know, and, and, so, and it really, it does, it, it was, it, it was called, uh, after the rain. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a tough period of time and jewelry has always been, um, you know, a part of my identity and I yeah. don't, you know, I lost that yeah. that year. So, well, and I think it's, it's not just jewelry. I think it's also your identity as being a working person yeah, and a hundred percent and then being a person that goes to the hospital, you know, every day, every day for yeah. two months and, and the fear and the, all of the things around that. I can't imagine what a great husband that encouraged you to, to, to find your thing. Yeah. He was like, why don't you draw like a couple pieces, like see how you feel about them and then make a few Yeah, and see like, you know, how things go. And I did. And I was, you know, so inspired again and really sort of like felt like me again. Yeah. And I showed them all to Kara actually like before. And um, because I really wanted her blessing in a way to start my own thing. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, bro, you have to do it. I'll help you. Like, what do you need from me? Who do you want me to introduce you to? Um, So she really was like, a big supporter. Well, and I think that one thing that is really clear about your jewelry for me is that it just it looks like nothing else. Oh, thank you. I mean, it is singular. I mean, it is so you. Thank you. Which I don't know that you maybe would have had if it hadn't come out of a hard time. You know, I think that you're so in the essence of who you are and yeah. and it was a real balm, I think, for you. I just I just think your your jewelry doesn't look like anything else. Thank you. No, I I think I honestly don't know if I would have started my own company if I hadn't had like that experience. I probably yeah. would have like gone back to working for somebody else right. cuz I enjoyed working for other people. Right. Can leave at the end of the day and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was and was the first was the first piece a mushroom? No, the first piece was a a ring. It looked like a rainbow and had a cloud mm. and like a Sort of uh, multicolor baguettes like rubellite and citrine and blue topaz. And did you sell it? Yeah. <laughs> and and so, it's out there in the world somewhere. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that last night. That that was one thing we did talk about was yeah. how hard it is for your your special pieces to to go to people that you maybe don't know that, that you, you don't know and yeah. to know that you'll never see them again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And then came what? I mean, how did how did you figure it out after that? So we launched the first collection in um, May of 2017, and it did really well. And I didn't really know like how people would um, if they would respond to it or not, you know, because you're only I'm asking, you know, my family, my friends, if they like right. it. And, like, yeah, <laughs> right. Of course they're gonna like it, and of course they're gonna be supportive of you and. But really, it's like it's the next collection and the next collection. If those succeed, then you know it's really going to go somewhere. I think jewelry's hard because I think that, you know, you have only so many style. You have bracelets, rings, necklaces, earrings, sure. basically, right? And to work within that. And you also have unlimited stones, I guess, but sort of limited materials. And um, is it hard to know your brand and to keep your identity within that and to know that people knock people off a lot. I mean, I know from, you know, younger brands and things, you'll yeah. see, see things and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that, you know. Yeah. It happens through every industry. How, yeah. How do it does, but I think jewelry particularly like, and how do you, I mean, was that in your partnership with Megan? Like that somebody says, no, this is, this is you. It's, it's this kind of polish on the, the, the gold and it's this sort of feeling of the, the cabochon or whatever it is. It's really hard. I think. No, I think it is hard. And I think that working for somebody else and always knowing sort of like her brand identity right, and right. how to design for her and that this was her look. And oh, that's interesting. So I think that really helped. Yeah. You know, making sure that you are always staying within the boundaries of who you are. Right. And obviously, like, doing new things, but doing it in the same vein. Well, that's the thing, too, I guess. It's also, like, you also have to evolve. You have so to evolve, you know, yeah. You can't be doing the same thing that you've done, I guess, all the same things that you've done before. I, mean, I think I think it's – I think some of it has to do really with – your preferences as far as, you know, I don't have a prong set things. Right, right. We don't do pavé. So there's some things that if I started to do, you would think that doesn't really look like yours. Everything's a burnish set or a gypsy set or we use a lot of very stone heavy. Um, but, yeah. But oftentimes like really um, intricate carving. And um, I think that that also has to do with the hand of the jeweler. Yeah. Um, and we only use a small workshop and that's it. And so if we were to use multiple manufacturers, right. I wonder if you wouldn't lose that because yeah. I think you would. And do you ever want to – do you ever want to do pave? I mean, do you ever sort of say like, dang, I wish I had <laughs> – No, I like – I really – I I like pave, but I I just have a like a certain preference in setting stones. The and way so, stones should – light should hit stones. Yeah, and I just yeah. – I don't know. I, I like – I love – a. A gypsy burnish set because it looks like it's just floating in gold. Yeah, and you have to love gold too. Love gold. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever? Have you ever done platinum? Oh or? my god! I made one. I made one platinum and a diamond gypsy ring just to try it out. And my jeweler was like, "You're gonna hate it, Brent." I'm like, "No, I just want to see it. I'm gonna <laughs> like it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, whatever." And I made it. I made it for me, and I was wearing it with this uh, with my engagement ring, which is a, a gypsy burnish set. And um, I didn't. Um, I melted it. <laughs> I really did. I you? did. I melted it. But we've been doing some really cool two tone knot rings. Oh, nice! And those I love. Huh. And I don't know why I like the two tone mm -hmm. and not the the. Plain all yeah. white gold, but I just I can't I don't know. It's like a sparkle of light. It really brings light to your face. Yeah, I think uh, I think that it really looks good on any skin type. Yeah, it's really warm. 
I mean, white gold with diamonds is beautiful. And I think that that's like a certain pieces that only work that way. But for me, I just love yellow as like a everyday type of vibe. And it also sounds like it reminds you of your mom and your aunt. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Which I, I also, as I go along, I realize that all of my references and the things that I really love are like my, you know, growing up, my ba- my babysitter's clothes, <laughs> yeah. my boarding school roommates or my boarding school boyfriend's clothes. I mean, I, you know, it's all these things. And I think I keep on just going back to them. And I decided years ago just that just to go with it. <laughs> you know that I just, I'm not sophisticated. Yeah. I'm just going to have to. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone believes that. But anyway, I, um, I always think about like what I'm what my what my kids will pick up from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about doing a custom piece for somebody and sort of how that works, the process. Oh, I love I love custom because it's so intimate and you're creating something for the end user and you know them and um oftentimes if it's if you're working with their stones there's always a story behind their stone. It was like their grandmother's or a piece and whatever. And we get to see these, I mean, incredible pieces. You just did an amazing piece for my friend Meredith German. Okay. That was her grandmother's as well. And it was a brooch or something, I think. And you made it into a ring. Uh Yeah. Uh, I love that too, because I also think stones have so many lives. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. Like we get stones sometimes where you know, the piece after a while, you wear it for a long time, you know, the facets get right. sort of not, um, they get kind of like matte looking and the stone loses a little bit of the luster. And we'll like, there's one guy in New York that we trust and he's amazing. And he, uh, you know, we can refacet all the facets and the piece becomes like alive again. Yeah, completely. Especially with that yellow, beautiful yellow gold. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a favorite piece that you've done? Probably my engagement ring. Oh, wow. Yeah. You have it on now? Yeah. That's- yeah. That guy. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> That's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, my husband, um, obviously, he was like, I know that you're going to re- redesign this. But, <laughs> you know, he did. He picked out the stones himself and I don't know. And then had you and had you design the setting? Yeah. The, the uh, gypsy bezel. Like what, a really set, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> And you're here with us this week to celebrate your your collaboration with Tracy Fife. Tell me about that that process. Oh yeah, he's um he's such a I mean you you know yeah. him so well and he's such a talented guy. I really admire that his sort of talent and his ability to do sort of like all of the facets of that job and whatever. Um, we were talking about him on the way over and just saying, you know, he picks his own fabrics and sews everything he and sews, cuts yeah. the pattern. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's amazing. Well, it's also um, really unusual. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think he's obviously a really super talented guy. And then we caught up in LA in January, last January, 2020, I was out there for work and he was like, oh, let's, you know, I'm thinking about doing something for Capital. I've talked to Laura and, you know, I know you sell to, you know, the store in Charlotte. Wouldn't that be cool? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then COVID. <laughs> and then um, he was like, I still want to do it. I think I'm still going to do it. I'm like, that's great. He was going to, you know, bring back these yeah, old- special pieces for you guys and um, in special fabrics that he finds. And um, so he would send me pictures of um, the fabrics, like over text and some of the necklines and, you know, what the – I'm pointing to my wrist. It's like it's people can length, see length. me, but they can't. <laughs> sleeve, <laughs> sleeve length. length. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
anyway, and then I would just say, okay, what if we layered it with this and we could use turquoise and emerald because that would be great with this fabric. And Beautiful. So that's sort of how we did it. And it was kind of non-traditional sort of collaboration. There's no – I didn't design one of his dresses and he didn't design one of my necklaces, but – um, but everything kind of works together, and it's so fun to see them all. Yeah, um, you know, in the store and 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 on people and on people. <laughs> oh my god, isn't that the best? So nice to see people yeah. again. What does collaboration mean to you? I mean, you've done we did a beautiful napkin collaboration. They're all organic yeah. at the end of the day. It's things that you love. It has to be things that you love. And um, you know, with the napkins, it was a, a company called Cortland Co. And um, she had seen the watercolors. And she said, could we use one of those on a napkin and do a beautiful embroidery? And so we did the mushroom one that I had painted. And then a portion of the proceeds all goes to No Kid Hungry, which is super cool. And so, yeah, it it has to be something you really love and somebody that you admire, Yeah, I think. Because I would think it really does bring new creativity to your process as well. Yeah. And it has to be with somebody that will add. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You've had such a meteoric rise, I think, starting since 2017. What advice would you give to a young jewelry designer who looks up to you and wants to follow your path? You know, everybody's path is so different, and I only have mine to sort of give any advice. But I really think working for somebody else is a great way to sort of make mistakes and see mistakes get made, and it's not on your dime. Yeah, true. I mean, it's, you know, it's a big deal and to learn from other people and be in a workplace where there's – you get to see – different. even though you might not be doing those jobs, you get to see like how the sales are being done and yeah. how PR works and yeah. all that sort of stuff um, will help you so much. And luckily you worked with somebody so great like Kara and I think you knew what a great boss was, but I think also working for a bad boss is good as well because you're like, I will never do this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. What would you tell a young mother who's looking to return to her creativity? Oh, do it. Find something that you love, whatever that is, and pursue it. If it means like going back to school Mm -hmm. or it means whatever that means for you, I would to try and do it because it really makes, I think, all the difference in the world. Will you talk to me about the mushrooms? Alice in Wonderland, um, I always loved as a child. Mm. And I think, you know, this belief that something could be larger than life, like a mushroom, when she goes down the rabbit hole, that uh, like the childlike belief that this could actually happen or occur is just so cool to me that they just believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I love that book when I was little. And then, you know, there's an amazing sculpture in Central Park right by the boat pond. It's these massive, um, I think, it's got to be brass or whatever, know what the base material is. And um, it's Alice and it's the looking glass. I mean, it's these huge mushrooms and my kids play on them. And I don't know, I think all these things are like, sink into your brain, even though you don't necessarily think about it. So that was part of a collection called Down the Rabbit Hole. And there were hearts, obviously, because the Queen of Hearts and the big mushrooms. And I remember being told, you know, I don't think we can sell these mushrooms. (laughs) And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to make them. We're just going to do it. And I remember we – this was when Barney's was still around. We put them into Barney's and I made a pair of big earrings and they were expensive. They were expensive. Like they were – I think they were $10,000 or something. And she was like, these are never going to sold. And they sold. 
so fast. I think it was the same week we put them in. And then she was like, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe we can sell these well, mushrooms. Well, I mean, every girl at the party last night had a mushroom on, you know? I mean, I, I think that – did you have any idea at, at that point that it would be this huge? And no, it, And it no. really is your – it's your best-selling, I would think. Of, of, a, of a motif for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Will you keep on doing it where you do different kinds of mushrooms? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can – you know – my company is so tiny. We don't even make that much of anything. And when we make them, I'll say, can you cut one of this and one of that and one of that? And then I'll match all the sapphires up. And right. So they're all like done one at a time. There's no like ordering 10. Right. The, there's one. And someone keep, some will be like, oh, but you know, does somebody else going to have this? I'm like, no, they're not because <laughs> there's just that one. Yeah. Um, Which makes it even more covetable for sure. Yeah. There really isn't that much that we create. We don't have a big team. Yeah. It's really small. Yeah. We only have a few jewelers. Like it's it's really small. What do you have planned for the next five years? What do oh, you- gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> if I can continue to do what I'm doing now and still really enjoy it, I think that's the goal. Yeah. Is and, it hard with three children? To, oh, to, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. But the wonderful thing is that, you know, I can make my own schedule if I have to go to something for their school or if they're like, no, mama, will you pick me up from school today? Yeah. I can. <laughs> you know, I can. Yeah. Um, and so that's like, that's what's so special about it. Yeah. And then I think too, they, they know I go and do something that I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Like I we think, were talking about last night. I mean, that's the best gift you, you could give your children. Yeah. It's like them to see you happy about doing something every day, whatever that thing may be. What did you wear to the prom? Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, this is actually hilarious. Um, I had pulled out this Valentino ad, right. and it was like a periwinkle dress, and it had um, like two layers of uh, teal and pink like peeking out, and the girl was laying on the ground uh-huh. and had the little thin spaghetti straps and, you know, like – Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And – I told my mom that that's what I wanted to wear to prom and she literally laughed so hard because like the idea that we could afford a Valentino gown, it was just like laughable to her. So she's like, okay, we'll go to, uh, we'll go to the fabric store well, and she made my prom dress. That's awesome. We, I mean, we did that. I, I mean, half my friends did that, had their dresses made. I think it, I mean, I think it's really chic. Yeah. And so did it, was it carbon copy? I mean, it was no, all the same colors? It was, it was. A strapless, and it was um, like two different types of. The top part was um, was like a like a silk file, okay, and then the bottom was like a chiffon. Oh, pretty! <laughs> and still the periwinkle. It was like a tealish color because we couldn't find the, the periwinkle. periwinkle. Sure. Because Valentino had Valentino, geez. hoarded it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you wear? And did you wear jewelry? Yeah, I wore earrings. I think I wore a bracelet. This, anything that you loved or that you remember or no. they were costume? It was costume. Yeah. yeah. Something something teal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shoes? Yes. You know those like clunky <laughs> Yes, heel. you wore shoes. Mm-hmm. Good. Clunky. <laughs> clunky heel. Like, oh. It was Prada times or something yes. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like it was a, co- it was a copy. You know, something. <laughs> Who knows? God, it wasn't probably so attractive. But. Did your date have a matching teal um, cummerbund and 
ties it. Oh my gosh, he. I mean, this is so. Uh, he wore like Madras shorts and like a, oh, a he white. Cute. Oh, he was. <laughs> he's he's a nice guy. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.